a sharp pain in your gut, losing your sense of smell, or all of a sudden there's a metallic taste in your mouth. Or perhaps you feel hot and someone else feels your forehead and says, you've got a high fever. This is part of life. But life doesn't always come with physical sensations that tell you something may be amiss. Sometimes just the stress of a high-traffic commute or a foreboding letter arrives in the mail from a government tax agency can lead to feeling overwhelmed. All of us have encountered stress that arises from someone or something else. Someone close to you dies. Countless regiments for dealing with the howevers or the forevers that can send our lives into a tailspin. But might I suggest the right approach for Christians? Spend time with Jesus. We do that through prayer. We do that through reading and meditating on his word. Then life gets easier when we practice Christ with us. Welcome to Haven Today here on Monday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And back with us on the program today, our new president and speaker, David Wollen. And David, we have a special guest with us today. We do, Charles. Anybody who's met Johnny Erickson Tata uh, in person, or maybe if you've only heard her speak as you're about to on this program, you always come away thinking, I don't think I've ever met someone quite like Johnny. And Charles, that's not because she's been wheelchair bound and living as a quadriplegic for more than 50 years, although that's true. It's because Johnny is a person who has been abiding in Christ amid incredible suffering, and the Lord Jesus has met her in her suffering, and he's used it to chisel his image into her in a unique way. Yes, quite the story Johnny has. And it's so good to have her on. It's been a while since we've had her on the program. But what comes through more than anything is she's outlived her expected life. Hmm. But in Christ, she's living her life for him and continues to do that until he calls her home. And she's with us today, Charles. And, you know, I've actually interviewed a couple of people on the program over the last couple of weeks. But, Charles, we had a chance to sit down with Johnny before Christmas. So for me, sitting down with Johnny was my very first interview for Haven. And I can't imagine a person I would rather have done that with than Johnny. She was kind and encouraging, knowing this was a new thing for me. But, of course, that's just how Johnny is with everyone she meets. She is always speaking of Jesus. You can't be around her for more than a few minutes when she starts wanting to sing a hymn together. <laughs> she does. She, she certainly is open about her suffering, though, and the way that the Lord has met her through that suffering. Yes, Charles, and that's why. That's why we wanted to talk with her. Uh, she's got a new book that she's just released. It's titled Practicing the Presence of Jesus. It's full of one-page meditations. There's 110 of them, and she's written all of them. And it's almost like a distillation of the most precious lessons and, and pearls of insight and wisdom God's given to her through his word throughout her lifetime. And each page you read, it feels a lot like the interview that our listeners are about to hear. So... If you enjoy what you hear in the next few minutes, and I know you will, why don't you come to our website after the program, and why don't you get a copy of her new book, Practicing the Presence of Jesus? And along with that, we ask for your gift of support for the ministry of Haven today. 
It's just our way of saying thank you for your generosity, which keeps us on the air each and every day. Just go to haventoday.org to make your gift, haventoday.org. But be sure and tell us you want the new book by Johnny, and we'll get it to you right away. Or call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Well, those who have spent time with Johnny know something else about her. You were talking about this a moment ago, Charles. Johnny loves to sing. And we're going to open today with a slower song than we normally do. It's Johnny's voice. She's singing a song she recorded for a movie soundtrack. It's called Alone, Yet Not Alone. And you'll hear her voice again in just a few minutes and the recent conversation we had with Johnny. So stay tuned. I'm alone. Yet not alone God's the light that will guide me home With His love and tenderness Leading through the wilderness And wherever I may Bye. 
This is Haven Today. My name is David Woolen, and I'm sitting here with Johnny Erickson Tata. Welcome, Johnny. Good to be here, David. Thanks for having me on. You've been on Haven many times before, but you've been talking with my good friend who's sitting next to me as well, Charles Morris, who's with us today. Hey, good to be with you, Johnny. Good to be with you, David, as well. Absolutely. And Johnny, you are a well-known name. You're, you're an author. God has used you as a radio host for years. And then your ministry, Johnny and Friends, has been ministering to people with disabilities all over the world. What's it been? About 40-some years now. We will be celebrating our 45th anniversary uh, in 2024. Oh. So I'm pretty excited about that. That's amazing. It is. You have a new book that you've uh, published and written called The Practice of the Presence of Jesus, and we're going to get into that, but the truth is it's just a great excuse to get together with you <laughs> and to <laughs> spend some time with Jesus. And yes. um, I thought I thought before we even get into discussing the book, there are a lot of people who haven't heard your story, and I think that you really aren't going to appreciate the book if you haven't heard what God has done in your life. Um, and it and it begins. Your testimony begins before your tragic accident. Uh, you were raised in a Christian family. Maybe we start there. Well, my father and mother were uh, were great hymn singers, mm. and so my sisters and I uh, grew up singing many hymns and uh, doctrinally rich hymns, I should say. Uh-huh. And so we were four part harmonizing on some of the most amazing and timeless hymns of the faith. So that when I had my diving accident back in 1967 at the age of 17, um, I had a basis. I had words. I had hope. Um, Plus, having been raised in the Reformed Episcopal Church, I knew much of the Book of Common Prayer, and I had prayers. And you got to understand, David, I was depressed. I was uh, hurting, reeling as to what it meant to be facing a future of sitting down for the rest of my life mm-hmm. in a wheelchair. Our listeners can't see that, but mm. boy, I've been in a wheelchair for 50, 57 years it'll be. And uh, it's been hard, David. Yeah. I will be quite frank. Um, perhaps our friends listening can hear a bit of a strain in my voice. Yeah. And I had a couple of bouts with double pneumonia recently and deal with chronic pain and um other deterioration of my vertebrae, and so it's it's a challenge to sit in a, sit up in a wheelchair every day. But it is my call to lean hard uh, on the grace of the Lord Jesus, and that makes the difference. Yes, there's a little biography of your life at the front end of this book. You were talking about how at the beginning, before you got into the, the diving accident, you were you were in a difficult spot in your walk with God, and God used that in a sense to to get a hold of you. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. um, I don't know how deeply to go with this, but um, right before my accident, I had professed Christ, obviously, but Mm. I was a teenager with lots of Mm. raging hormones, and Mm. my boyfriend Mm. and I were fooling around doing things on Friday nights that we just shouldn't have been doing, and then getting up on Sunday morning, I'd go to church, confess it all, and then the next Friday night, we'd be in the back seat of his car, and it was a whole different story. Mm-hmm. And finally, finally, after um, this uh, months and months of being with my boyfriend, I, I was, uh, I was uh, enslaved. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, like Galatians says, do not let yourself be yoked again yeah. uh, to a yoke of slavery. And there I was. I was uh, so enslaved to my own sin, I, I could not break free. Yeah. And so I pleaded with God. 
uh, right before I graduated from high school, right before mm-hmm. heading off to college, where I knew I would only get into deeper mischief, mm-hmm. I prayed, God, please do something, anything yeah. in my life to jerk it right side up. And uh, then shortly after graduation, yeah. I broke my neck. Yeah. And I was dumbfounded that this could possibly be, this couldn't be an answer to that prayer. Yeah. Um, and it seemed preposterous and impossible at first. And to me, uh, very cruel that God would take me so seriously. Mm. But I've learned over many, many years that um, God's purposes are always wise, specific, and good. And we may not understand them at first, but in time and with trust, uh, he makes it plain. That's right. That's right. Well, and I appreciate the the connection that I think your your life and your your love for the Lord so powerfully demonstrate that there is a connection between suffering and what God does in us as he sanctifies us. There is a there's a purpose that that he alone is sovereign over that is part of his goodness in our lives. Well, David, that's just it. I've learned to see God's goodness and his richness and his sweetness and his intimacy and mm. and everything about him that I absolutely adore and and I I worship and I, mm. I I'm blown away by his his ability to satisfy me Amen. so sweetly and so richly mm. and honestly David uh, and, and Charles I don't know that I've shared this with you even there there are times I lie on my bed at night even now 56 years later and I I say thank you God you were you were so wise and not letting me wander down that path of destruction and hang myself spiritually. You, you've rescued me. You pulled me back from the edge of the cliff. Thank you for that diving accident. I don't know that many people would understand that, but, but that's how sweet Jesus is to me. He far supersedes the inconvenience of paralysis. The satisfaction I enjoy in him is so much richer than anything I could have had walking uh, or using my hands. And Johnny, let, let's go back. Let's talk about the prayer that you prayed before the accident. And, you know, people have said, be careful what you pray for. God answered your prayer, but not in a way you would ever have expected. Not at all. Not at all. Um, but suffering is the textbook that'll teach you who you really are. And it'll sandblast you to the core. It'll reveal the true individual that you are. And I think that that is what helped me the most um, after my accident. I saw uh, how desperately, spiritually needy I really was and how I was not the paragon of virtue that I projected to my friends on Sunday morning. And that being a hypocrite is, is worse than hell. And I didn't want to live like that, Charles. And so I'm grateful that... Uh, even though it was very, very hard, impossibly hard at first, I would uh, wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, I cannot do this. I cannot do this level, this depth of suffering you have for me. But I, I'm going to believe that I can do all things through you mm-hmm. as you mm-hmm. strengthen me. Mm-hmm. So if I can't die, then mm-hmm. Jesus, please show me how to live. Mm-hmm. And uh, he certainly has these many, many years. Mm-hmm. So grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So grateful. So in the years that followed that that point, and I, I know you've said the first years were very, very hard and, and dark in some ways as you were battling through the, the prospect of what the rest of your life was going to look like. But, but then the Lord began to just 
give you these 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 gifts of the books that you were reading and this fellowship with this group of young people that were surrounding you there on the farm. And you had these, I don't know what to call them, maybe conversation partners with people like, like Brother Lawrence. How has God used those influences early on to shape who you became? Well, back then in the uh, 70s, uh, early 70s, late 60s, Brother Lawrence's book, The Practice of the Presence of God, was uh, phenomenally popular. I mean, anybody and everybody who came to Christ, uh, that's what they were reading. Uh, the story of a Carmelite monk who, in the 1600s, raised in a, a, a very poor family in France, had uh, joined up to fight in the Thirty Years' War in Europe, one of the most savage, brutal wars uh, to be fought on that continent. He became severely lame, mm. found his way to a monastery, opened his heart to Christ, and the brothers at that monastery assigned him these uh, menial tasks of getting down on his hands and knees and scrubbing the latrine floors and then uh, scrubbing the pots and the pans in the kitchen and and uh, the hallways and well, as he was doing these menial tasks, he uh, opened his eyes to the presence of God in these very ordinary uh, responsibilities and duties. And um, they were nothing glorious, uh, very humble, and yet these were the ways in which God revealed himself to Brother Lawrence. Mm. And so at a young age, I read his um, his entries in his book and was fascinated, but it was one of those things where you know, I put that book on the shelf, and it stayed there collecting dust for a couple of decades. Mm-hmm. And then, David, uh, during COVID, mm-hmm. back in 2020, um, all of us were sequestered away in our living rooms, and, and we were all pulling off books off our bookshelves, yes. old books to reread, and this was one of them. Huh. I, I picked up that dusty old copy, and I reread it, and I thought, oh, my goodness, this is what I'm doing. I'm practicing the presence of Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Maybe my uh, duties are not amongst pots and pans, but they are amongst leg bags and urinals and bedpans. And and I see Jesus in all these things, all these uh, symbols of need and difficulty. And so I decided to to lift out of my journal, because I, I journal everything, um, and put it into this book, The Practice of the Presence of Jesus. Brother Lawrence talks a lot about God. That's right. But I like to talk a lot, a lot about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you picked up this book again, and you were reading it with a different set of eyes uh, that, that had been informed and taught and shaped by Jesus over decades of following him. And suddenly you're reading Brother Lawrence, and it feels like, I understand this differently than I did before. Absolutely. Because you've been doing this. And David, you mentioned earlier the groups, the friends around yes. me. And I think that's what also helped hmm. shape my, um, my, my spiritual growth. Yeah. Because it wasn't just me as some renegade maverick reading alone, but I was in community. These yes. were people who uh, we read together, and they lifted me up out of social isolation. They, they, they kept me connected to reality. Yes. They, they dissipated my depression by treating me not like a cripple, but their friend. Mm. And so uh, I think so much of my spiritual growth, yes, of course, is the grace of God through the scriptures yes. and good books like The Practice of the Presence of God by yes. Brother Lawrence, but also... But I can look at my spiritual formation and have a lot, a lot of friends to thank for it. Yes, yes. 
One thing I was curious if you would want to speak to, because I'm thinking about what this might sound like in the ears of a 21st century American. You know, our spirituality is cafeteria style, make it your own and invent it for yourself. And someone might be listening to this and thinking, well, practicing the presence of God, I do that on the golf course every weekend. Or, you know, my sanctuary is nature. Or you can fill in the blank. That's not what Brother Lawrence is talking about here. And that's not what you're talking about. Right, right. Uh, we all want to be joyful, whether it's on that golf course or even in the cafeteria line. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be joyful Christians. Mm-hmm. But um, when you read the Bible thoroughly, you understand that God shares his joy on his terms. That's right. And those terms call for us to, in some measure, suffer as his precious son suffered. Um, grace is not cheap. It comes at quite the cost. Yes, it does. And that's the cost of uh, the blood of Jesus. And so if we want to get to know this man of sorrows, acquainted with our grief, this Jesus who, mm-hmm. who was ripped to shreds and hung up to dry like a bloodied piece of meat on a hook, mm-hmm. if we want to get to know him, and his sweetness and his nearness, we will have to suffer in some measure, not the amount, but we're going to have to taste deeply Mm -hmm. of afflictions. God God wants us to feel our afflictions deeply. We want to escape them. We we want to run away from our weakness. God wants us to feel them deeply so that we might also feel our need of him. That's right. And, and David, I will be quite frank, do not think that I'm some, mm. you know, saint on a pedestal here talking as though, uh, oh, all that's behind me now. Mm. I mean, all the afflictions <laughs> back there. But every day, especially as I get older, mm. uh, it gets harder mm. and harder. Um, but I'm so grateful that uh, whether it's my wheelchair or whether our friends listening, um, well, they're not dealing with a broken neck, but maybe a broken heart mm-hmm. or a broken home. Yes. Um, broken pride, they too can understand this important path down the road to Calvary to come to know Jesus better. And it's a road which is always rocky, full of potholes, yes. uh, stony, difficult, painful. But when we uh, come to the cross, wow, there's life. Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art I am finding out the greatness of thy loving heart thou hast bid me gaze upon thee as thy beauty fills my soul for by thy transforming Johnny Erickson Tata. Jesus, I am resting, resting. How appropriate for a program on Haven Today with Johnny Erickson Tata. We're calling the program the title of her new book, The Presence of Jesus. Well, Charles, we sure enjoyed our time with Johnny, and tomorrow we're going to hear a little bit more of our conversation. But, Charles, what a precious saint. Such a living testimony to the power of the grace of the Lord Jesus. People might look at Johnny, especially if they don't already know who she is, and look at her living in this life as a quadriplegic in a wheelchair, and they might think, how sad. What she really needs is a medical miracle so she doesn't have to spend her life in a chair. But, oh, would they be so wrong? Because after spending a few minutes with Johnny, they'd know what Johnny thinks. She has Jesus. And 
Jesus is more than enough. And that certainly comes through in her brand new book. It's called Practicing the Presence of Jesus. Johnny's going to redirect your gaze at Jesus through this book, who is always truly present. Now, this is a book of short meditations, most of them based out of a short text of Scripture, and all of them drawing your attention to the reality of the nearness of Christ to you. We have it here at our warehouse in the U.S. and Canada as our thank you for your gift of any amount to support the ministry. Just come to our website right now to get your copy and make your gift, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And just remember, when you're thinking about how much to send, there are other people who can't afford to send something like maybe you can but they're being fed and ministered by this Christ-focused ministry every day as we reach people all over North America, but other parts of the world. So, would you get in touch with us right now? Either go to the website or make your gift and ask for the Johnny book by phone when you call 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. I'm Charles Morris. And I'm David Wolin. And thanks so much for joining us with Johnny Erickson Tata. She'll be back with us again tomorrow, and I hope you do as well, as again together we share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your walk with Jesus, I'm David Wolin with Haven Today, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Our world has a trust problem. And that's not surprising. We've been lied to so many times. By corporations, by leaders. Some people joke that if a politician is even speaking, you can assume they are lying. So is there anyone you can trust? Unlike humanity, God never lies. Unlike us, God is always truthful and trustworthy. In God's Word, we read about this in 2 Timothy 2, where it says, Here is a trustworthy saying. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. The takeaway, God is trustworthy. It's not because we're faithful, it's because he is. Get daily encouragement with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.